And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast with Davey Usman and Mickey Brennan. And we've a lot to get through on this podcast this week, Davey Usman, because there's been so much happening. Um, uh, we've got Mead Miners, we've got Mead Minor Hurlers, we've got the Hurlers, we've got the Footballers, we've got uh, to look forward to the ladies, and we've got fixtures and results from the clubs, we've got the Lottos, and we've got Instagram Interactive, and this could be a long podcast. It could, Mickey, but it's good, it's good. On the main. Yeah, it is on the main. It, it is pretty good. And I suppose the best place to start is last Wednesday night in Cusick Park in Offaly, where Mead lifted the minor, the Leinster Minor Championship trophy for the first time since 2018. And uh, El Hurricano, uh, El Hurricano, or, or Hurricano, or whatever you want to call him, and his men, John McCarthy and his men, stood up, stood up tall against Offaly and recorded a 1 7 to 1 6 victory, Davy. It was. A hard-fought win, let's just say, but a character-building win. Absolutely. Like, we, we spoke last week in the preview to the game on how this Mead team can mix it any which way they're asked. As in, you know, they can do the swashbuckling football, but they can also roll their sleeves up and get stuck in and really grind it out. And that's exactly what they did. Um, I suppose, again, we, we sort of have to talk about them defensively more than offensively. You know, only one six conceded. I think that's the third game in a row, is it, that we've only conceded something like eight or nine points. It's it's a magnificent yeah. record that they have defensively. Um, you know, and that that's not just the defenders, that's the midfield and the half forwards and even the full forward line in that as well. They're all singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, I think it was low on quality. I, I was speaking to a few lads that were at it and, and they said that both sides wasted decent opportunities. But, like, you have to make allowances because these lads, this was their first final first big proper final that they've ever played in inter-county capacity, obviously. Um, and it's the fact that they've had such a long layoff. It was probably always going to be a real tight and cagey affair, but thankfully for, for our sake, we got over the line and we captured a third Leinster in four years. It's a, it's a terrific achievement. Yeah, and a word for the captain, uh, the leader-in-chief, uh, six points from 1-7. Uh, Liam Stafford with the goal and Rory Kinsler with a point towards the end as well. Um, but again, it was... The two points from Rory Kinsler and and Owen Frayne that sealed the deal towards the end, and and and, and of course, Offaly got a point after uh, Rory Kinsler with Frayne after Rory Kinsler and Frayne got their points to put them two ahead, but it was too little, too late. But Mead did lead by uh, five points uh, after the Liam Stafford goal. But fair dues to Offaly, you know they they came back into it and they came roaring into it. But again, this Mead team showed the character. Um, not to fold under the pressure that Offaly put them under. 
Absolutely, yeah, and that's something that probably is instilled into them, you know, at this stage. And even going into the last, the dying embers of the game, I think awfully led by a point up until we got that equaliser, you know. So it was uh, it was really high pressured, high intensity stuff towards the end. And as you say, Freiner's got six points, but Liam Stafford coming into the team and contributing a valuable goal. Another player that came back in on the back, coming back from his cruciate was Adam McDonald. Like unbelievable fairy tale stuff, really, for him. You know, the fact that he was sure he was going to miss the whole campaign last year through doing his cruciate. The lockdown has obviously helped him getting back and not just getting back, but getting into the starting team and making a huge, um, a huge impression really from that half back line as well. And um, the midfield, I think Connor Gray produced moments of absolute brilliance in the middle of the park with some terrific fetches. And, um, you know, the, the forwards, despite probably it being a low scoring affair, when you have players like Frayne Kinsella. Um, Liam Stafford in there Mark Coffey the workhorse that he is you're always going to get decent opportunities and chances and thankfully we just about uh, just about edged it in that stakes as well Yeah team of leaders as we've uh, already said uh, on numerous occasions about them now they face Derry in the All-Ireland semi-final and that will be played next Saturday the 10th at 3pm in Newry and hopefully we will get a few meet supporters up to that one but um, we will be having a review of that Leinster final uh, this week on our Patreon service and we will also be previewing that game against Derry in a combined uh, Patreon podcast so don't forget to go over to Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you can sign up to get that review and preview and all our other podcasts that we have out there at the minute Davy on the Hurlem front the Miners had a tremendous win against our neighbours Westmead um, on Friday evening I think it was uh, 216 to 18 points against Westmead and what a win you know puts them through to the next round of the of the Leinster Minor uh, Hurling Championship yeah it was actually it was Thursday evening Thursday um, yeah Thursday evening yeah so I'm like they've been preparing as well for, for a long long time for this and it's a really good squad I, I work with Anthony Quinn who's a selector his son is on the team as well and um, you know he's been speaking volumes about this Mead Minor team for a while now and um, I suppose the credentials of them and it was kind of branded as a shock but I think they were confident going up there and which probably speaks volumes Westmead are a fairly established um, county in Ireland you know and for me to go up there and do a job like that on them was fantastic um, as you say Joe Ennis just let, led the charge at 111 he was superb um, and then there was a whole host of different scores as well but you know again 216 very respectable scoreline to be putting up and it, it was a knockout championship in it, in its essence. If you lost, you were back in the Padre Lahan, which obviously Mead competing in last year. But I think this side had sort of um, aspirations and ambitions of challenging in, in the proper. So, um, you know, they've done that now and they advanced to the quarterfinals, I think, or is it round two? Is round two quarterfinals? Yeah, well, no, I, I, it is round two, it's called, and they, and they face Antrim on Wednesday night in uh, Dowdles Hill, I believe that's down in Louth, and uh, it will be a 7.30 throw-in for that one. Um, we were looking at the um, Minor Ireland Championship, and I'll just run through it again. Um, uh, no, it's gone there. I, I had it up there a few minutes ago, and it's, it, it's an interesting one. I can't figure it out. So the three winners... From round one, progressed to the Leinster Minor Hurling Championship round two. So three runners up from round one, they go into the Paddlehan Cup. Two winners from round two progress to the quarterfinals with Dublin and Wexford. So Dublin and Wexford have buys to the quarterfinals. And then the winners from round two have home advantage. So Mead will, um, uh, if they beat uh, 
uh, Antrim have home advantage against either Dublin or Wexford. So, yeah, they just have to go the longer route, but it is, in essence, is that a quarter? No, it's kind of a last 16 game. If they win this, they go through to a quarter final. And, of course, the other two teams that are in it are Kilkenny and Offaly. They go straight, straight through to the semi-finals. So, there's a little bit of uh, nepotism or something like going on in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, if, if they win uh, against Antrim, you know that that that's where that's 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 all that matters. They, they're, they're absolutely flying and, and, and well done to them. On um, on the senior hurlers front, Davy um, disappointing result in Ballycran, one twenty seven to down, need two goals and sixteen, and that leaves an uphill battle for me if they want to progress. They carry next Saturday uh, at seven pm in Park College, and they need an eight point plus victory over Kerry. To um to progress to the next round of the uh, of the McDonough Cup, the Joe McDonough Cup. Yeah, I watched this one, Mickey, on Saturday, and uh, I was hoping to make the journey to Ballycram, but we had a Premier Championship game at I think it was half six, so I was never going to be home in time for it. So I just bought it on uh, on Park TV and watched it, and uh, I thought they gave an excellent account of themselves. And um, there were stages in the first half when they were playing with the breeze that they looked like they were going to be outclassed and probably thumped again. But full credit to them came ripping into the start of the second half, I think hit three or four points in the spin um, and then uh, subsequently got a penalty, which uh, led to a black card. It was the new rule that, you know, um, I think it was Adam Gannon that was dragged back or it could have been, could have been Nicky Parson. I'm not sure. It was dragged back and it was deemed to be a clear goal scoring opportunity. So a penalty was awarded to me and there was a black card to, to the down player. And Jack Regan actually missed the penalty, but from the resultant short puck out, um, down made a mess of it and it landed into the hands of Alan Douglas who instinctively um, shot towards goal got into the net so me did get a goal in a, in a roundabout way from that penalty and and they were right back in it you know I think they were down to a, just a point at that stage um, there was a couple of I suppose you know handling errors and different things and poor maybe shooting as well which probably let me down at different stages and that was really the difference down used, I suppose, Dahi and own stands to their advantage in the second half. Those two had great contributions. And in the first half, they relied heavily on Paul Sheehan from Freeze and Tim Prender in the midfield. He contributed three points. But medial discipline in the first half was what was keeping down in it, really, with the Freeze. Jack Regan was sensational for me. He, he hit 1-8 on the day. The goal he did get was actually from a free, a close enough range free, but he, there was still five or six lads on the line, but he managed to, to find a way through them. And uh, that really gave me hope. And um, James Toher was fantastic in the middle of the field. Dara Kelly at centre half back was immense. He hit two incredible long range frees in the second half. Or not frees, two long range points from play in the second half. And Shane Whitty in the full back lane was really, really good too. I think, Nick, they were good at full time. Now, don't get me wrong. They went up to Ballycran to win this game and they had full um, belief that they would do that. But when they look back on it, they'll take enough from that performance to maybe push on now for next weekend. Obviously, the Kerry game, yes, it, it, first and foremost, it'd be nice to win it and avoid the relegation playoff. But as you say, it's, it's a big enough ask to win by eight or nine points. But it's a home game. I don't think Kerry are as hot as they were. Um, but you know, time will tell. It's another big outing for the Mead lads. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, it, it's a knockout competition now for this uh, for the Mead hurlers, and hopefully they can get a performance next weekend when they take on Kerry, and they are on home soil at seven pm Saturday evening in uh, Park College. So best of luck to Nick and the lads. 
in that one. Um, Davey, um, we have, will we go to the Mead ladies or will we, will we go to Mead and Longford? Ah, sure, why not, Mickey? Yeah, yeah we'll go to Mead and Longford. It was the Leinster uh, quarterfinal. It was played yesterday, Sunday, or whenever you're listening to this, it was played last Sunday. And it was Mead, four goals and 22 points. Longford's 12 points. And um, now, like, it was it was a tight hammer when we gave them. But I suppose up until the 32nd, 35th, probably the 35th minute of the first half, um, you know, there was only three points between the teams. And a five-minute spell, even a three- or four-minute spell from Mead, saw them uh, score one goal and five points unanswered. And really finished the game off as a, as a spectacle. Yeah, it was a very interesting game. It was really cagey in the first half an hour, and that was despite Shane McEntee rattling the, the back of the net in the first minute of the game, and it looked as if it had been the perfect, I suppose, catalyst for me to kick on and go and dominate that first half. But, you know, full credit to Longford. They, they bounced back, hit a couple of good scores. The side sort of traded points in early stages in the first half, and me got scores through the likes of Fionn Riley, Kyle Hickey, Jordy Morris and Brian McMahon, but Longford did respond in kind, and it was only really after the thirty minute mark and um, approaching half time, the five minutes before half time, me got in for one five without res- response, and um, the goal coming with the last play of the first half through Jordy Morris again, a lovely orchestrated move, and um, ball you know thrown across the square, and Jordy had the simple task of just palming it to the net, and that was really it because. We weren't sure what exactly Longford would come out for in the second half. They were 10 points down then at half time. And to be honest with you, they didn't come out and produce too much. They were they were pretty poor in the first in, in the second half. They looked deflated. They looked like a beaten side. And Mead, in fairness, got a lot of confidence from that back end of the first half and really kicked on. Played some lovely stuff, hit great scores, and um, were ruthlessly efficient, to be honest with you, in the final third of the field, which is great to see as well, because I know. And probably in previous times we haven't been we've been profligate in that in that capacity. So and, and and got great contributions from our substitutes. I know that's what Andy keeps saying that that's what they're there for. But there's so many teams out there that don't get contributions like that from their bench. I think you you know you said it there earlier. One five was it, Mickey, from our bench was was a superb contribution. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, James McIntyre with four points. Eamon Wallace with a point. And then James Conlon with James Matty Conlon with a goal and the other goals, incidentally. Uh, the first one uh, coming in the opening, it was the opening score of the game within two minutes of the, the throw-in um, coming from the captain, Shane McEntee. Then on the stroke of halftime, it was Jordy Morris, as you said, panned to the net after great work from Brian e. McMahon. Carl Hickey with uh, an unbelievable goal, it has to be said, um, 13 minutes in the second half. And then James Conlon just on stroke of full-time, well, 35 minutes um, in the second half. We did actually get four, three more scores after that in the in the next three minutes of additional time. But, yeah, four great goals. But um, we have a full review of the game on our Patreon service um, with interviews with, uh, exclusive interviews with Andy Mack, um, Shane McEntee and Killian O'Sullivan. And, in fairness, Davey, um, Shaney Mack is the captain, Gillian O'Sullivan is the vice captain, and they, I suppose, they lived up to their their um, their, 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 their titles as captain and, and vice captain on the day. They were yeah, they were, yeah, they were brilliant. As you said, Shane Mack, he set the tone with that goal in the first minute of the game, really, and Gillian O'Sullivan's presence and influence throughout the game was ever-present, to be fair. You know, he, he had... He had three points, um, but he was just a constant thorn with his deep runs, I suppose, penetrating the Longford defence, 
drawn defenders, the skill, like we've seen, we've seen an example of it that, that really wouldn't be um, lost in the Euros. It was a fantastic bit of skill in the second half, which deservedly got a free. It was just amazing. He was just, he was spinning and he was turning and he was just doing all sorts with the ball. It was amazing to watch. Um, but, did, you know, those two are, we've become accustomed to that, especially from Killian. Like he really is our, our go-to man in terms of, you know, setting the tone and um, getting us going really in many, in many scenarios. And I think the deep line role in the sense that he's playing a little bit closer to goals, it's still not a corner forward, if you will, but he's definitely playing, he's starting his runs, I, I suppose, from the midfield in, as opposed to starting it from our full back line or our half back line, which is where I think we're getting a little bit more from him in terms of scores and maybe winning frees that bit closer to goals as well, which is great. Yeah, we had uh, exceptional games from the likes of Hickey, uh, from the likes of Fionn Riley, from the likes of Seamus Lavin, and uh, yeah, just absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, check out our Patreon podcast for the interviews with Andy Mack, Shane Mack, and Killian O'Sullivan there this week. Um, incidentally, uh, the semi-final draws have been made, Davy Rispin, and Mead will face off against... Uh, I don't know how do you? They're, they're not a team I know much about. Um, Dublin, 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 Dublin. Yeah, me and Dublin. What a tasty tie! Ah, it's a great, it's a great tie. Like we, we spoke about it too off air, and uh, we kind of were both in agreement. This is the game that we sort of want. I, I didn't really mind who it was that we played from the four because I think it's a very you could pick a story out of it regardless of if it was West Mead, Kildare, or Dublin. However. I've been kind of harping on about this for a while now. The last few years we've gone in and we've sort of walked into it in, in the last number of years playing Dublin in the Leinster final. And to me, even when I look at their All-Ireland semi-final and final appearances, the Leinster semi-final was probably their best performance in the last two or three years. It was probably our worst performance as well, which you have to take into account. They're coming off the back of a pretty sloppy and lacklustre display down south against uh, Wexford there's going to be probably more questions than answers going into this game and me, they're going to have renewed confidence now on the back of that great win. And I think they can approach this. It's a straight knockout. So just go out and have a cut at it. I know last year was, was a game that, you know, probably damaged the, the main team for long parts. It did because we didn't have the opportunity to go out a week or two later in the back door and try and redeem ourselves in the qualifiers. It's going to be the same this year. But I think that, gives us an opportunity to just go out and have a cut, try and perform against them um, and just test them for what they are. I don't think they're going as well as they have been in recent years. Even when I look at their league, yes, they won a lot of their games, but they didn't win any of them pulling away, um, which was interesting. Um, so, yeah, let's let's wait and see. I think there's a little bit of unrest in that camp too. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, that one's going to take place on the 18th of July, Sunday the 18th of July. It's two weeks away so we've got plenty of time to get used to the uh, idea and get excited about it and uh, figure out exactly how me they're going to hammer Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. I, I believe in the lads and I know they can do it. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 
or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. That is what we're going to be talking about and looking forward to over the next two weeks. Um, on another note, um, when we go over to the ladies football, Mead will get their All-Ireland Senior Championship underway next Saturday. Um, that's the 10th of July at 2pm, all the way down there in Offaly in Burr, the coldest town in Ireland. And uh, we will be taking on uh, Cork, the, uh, the kingpins of, 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 of Irish ladies football for so long. Um, probably Dublin have wrestled that off them now, but they're still up there, Cork, and they still know how to win. But this is a great test for our heroes at the moment who have been just immense over the last six, seven months. Well, actually, over the last two years. Absolutely. This is the this is the game now. And again, similar to what we said about me playing Dublin, it's probably the same for the ladies. I mean, what a game to open your senior championship, I suppose, campaign with. Uh, coming off the back of obviously winning the league, Cork were beaten in the league final against Dublin last week. So, you know, and they weren't disgraced, obviously. I think there's only four or five points in it. So, yeah, you're right. Dublin are the sort of the leaders, if you will, but Cork are still right up there and they're still very much established as the second best team in the country. But it's an ideal opportunity for me then. It's going to be the acid test for Eamon Murray and his girls. But do you know what, Mickey? These girls have just improved game on game, week on week for the last 18 months, I would say. And, you know, they're not going to be judged in this game because obviously the Tipperary game is going to be the game that will ultimately decide if we're safe or we we, we have to get embroiled in a relegation battle. Um, so I think the Cork game, in many cases, you probably want it to be your second game if you could manage to win the first. But but so what? You know, Burr's a fantastic place. We, I was there for the Meek Camogie game earlier this year. Great facilities. Um, don't think there'll be any excuses. And um, me, they'll be buzzing going into this game. I know they they had a few celebrations and rightfully so after the, the league final success, but it will be definitely back down to work for the last week or so and they'll be really looking forward to getting their teeth stuck into this one yeah absolutely it's a it's a it's a great way as you said to open your your your, your senior championship uh, uh campaign and yeah you were saying like yeah you want to get them second but then if you win your first game you're nearly kind of going into your second game you know uh like it's a free hit so you don't really take it as seriously i think that these girls are going to go into this one Boyed up and, and and raring to go, and I think they could definitely give Cork uh, a, a rattle, and they could scare them, but they could also do a job on them. So they could. I just think that we have some unbelievable young talent in that mid team, and uh, there's no reason why the girls can't get a victory there and go on then and beat Tipperary in uh, the second round of the 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 Lady Senior Championship. And um, yeah, really looking forward to that one as well. Next Saturday is an absolute write off, so it is. There's there's, I think there's, uh, what have we got? We've got the, the Mead Miners at 3 p.m. in Uri. We've got the Hurlers at 7 p.m. in Park Tolchin. And we've got the Ladies at 2 p.m. in Burr. So, um, yeah, just, it's just manic. So it is next weekend. But, uh, yeah, we wouldn't wish it any other way. It's absolutely brilliant. And we wish all of the Mead teams uh, that are out over the next week, of course, uh, the Mead Miners, John McCarthy and his lads, 3 p.m. in Uri, as I said, the hurlers, they're out on Saturday evening um, in Park Tolchin. The Mead Minor hurlers are out on Wednesday evening and they're taking on Antrim and Douglas Hill. And of course, the ladies are out on Saturday at 2pm in Burr. The Mead men, they're not out for two weeks. They're out in uh, against Dublin on the 18th of July. And the reason why I've just kind of been delaying that, I've just refreshed 
I wanted to see if we had a, f- uh, a venue confirmed. We haven't. Myself and Davy Rusman are kind of going, yeah, we want to get Dublin out of, out of Crow Park. We want our Leinster. Newbridge or Noah for our <laughs> semi-final. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, th- there's no there's no fixture um, uh, confirmation there, venue confirmation on the mid, uh, men's. Davey, we'll move on now to our lotto segment and uh, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, cheers for that, Mick. So first on up in this week's lotto, I just want to get the right date. Um, and as always is the case, it is usually Dunchocklin or Manalvi first up. And this week it is going to be Dunchocklin and Royal Gales. The results from the 28th of the 6th, which was last Monday night, the numbers drawn were 4, 13, 21 and 27. No jackpot winner. Six match three winners who all collected 35 quid each. Next draw takes place on Monday at half eight live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot, 11,800 of a reserve. And you can play it on Club Force. Manalvi GFC, uh, jackpot of 10,000. Reserve increased to 5,900 this week. Draw takes place on Monday night. And you can play online at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Numbers drawn last week were 2, 16, 19, and 28. Uh, 320 euro winners who were the Malie family, uh, John Gilson and Edward Murray. Um, and that was Manalvi. Manalvi, hey, draw every Sunday night at 9 pm. Jackpot still remains at 15,000. The reserve increases by 200 each week, and it currently now sits at 6,400. So, uh, lovely. Jackpot's still there, Minality to play there. Dunsany, um, number strong were 11, 13, 22, and 23. They had no winner, but match three winners were Mary Conroy and their top marksman, Mr. Pierre Fox, who shared 150 quid between oh. them. Uh, next week's jackpot is 6,300 euro. Clonard GFC is also 6,300 euro. It takes place on Monday night at 8 p.m. live on Facebook. Uh, Dunsany have actually updated there since uh, the first one. But the numbers of their last week's one was uh, 2, 11, 17 and 27. They had three match three winners, Alan Smith, Kevin Byrne and Pat Meehan, 150 quid between them all. And jackpot increases to 6,450 next week. So there was two they put in this week. Uh, Gail Conkill, um, no winner of their 12,000 euro jackpot. They had two match three winners who shared 150 euro between them, Philip Sheridan and their goalkeeper, Justin Carey Lynch. Um, next jackpot takes place on Thursday night and again it's €12,000 on gailcolumkill.ie you can play that one from Connor GFC jackpot of €9,400 every Tuesday night you can play online via the Smart Lotto app or drop the envelopes into the clubhouse post box uh, Kilmainham €6,400 every Monday night uh, next one is Oldcastle GFC €12,000 next Wednesday you can play that one on Club Force Navin O'Mahony's um, their jackpot, their next jackpot is 7,250. Uh, it takes place on the 6th of July, which is Tuesday at 9pm. Numbers of last week, 7,100 euro jackpot were 2, 13, 14 and 24. There was no winner, but they had three jackpot, or sorry, three match three, four match three winners, M. Skelly, Martin Farley, Sarah Powderly and Mary O'Brien. So they all shared, I think, 150 quid between them, but it could be wrong. Um, and the final one on my list is my own Corton GFC. Sorry, I do have another one before that. Uh, it, 
we had no winner of our 5,200 euro jackpot, 520 euro winners who were Carla Coyne, Tom Loughran, Trevor Coyne, Tommy McCormick and Lara Herbert. David McHugh won the Longford Retro jersey. Winning numbers were 3, 17, 20 and 29. We're back Friday night with 5,300 and another retro jersey and you can play that on courtoungaa.com forward slash lotto. Um, is the is the retro jersey going to be the Dublin jersey or is that going to be kept for the week after? Oh God, yeah. Oh no, we'll keep it for the week after, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when we could roll that out. Um, I don't know, do you have this one? But Jelly did send me Simon's down, Mickey. Yeah, no, no, I I I have deleted his number at this stage. Okay. You know, I, I like I, I, I don't double date. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be a third wheel in your relationship. He he just wants a double hit every week. I can understand where he's coming <laughs> from. Uh, he's a smart boy. But uh lot of results from last week, the second and the seventh in Simon St. Gales. There was no winner of the six thousand one hundred and fifty euro jackpot. The match three winners were Carol Lane and Michelle Nordy. The numbers drawn were seven, thirteen. 15 and 32 and the next draw takes place next Friday night the 9th of July and it's 6,200 euro very good very good and um, just before we go to our last one great to see uh, players um, uh, their names coming out in their local lottos the likes of Pierre Fox and Justin Carey Lynch mm. both in the winning enclosure on their club lottos final one that I have here is the Central GFC lotto it is still 10,000 10, euro it hasn't been won and it's on next Monday the 5th of July uh, the draw takes place every Monday evening and uh, if they don't have a winner they've got five lucky dip winners for 25 euro each maximum jackpot is 10,000 and it reverts back to 1,000 if won the lotto can be done online or on their smart lotto account so if you go to any of their social media you will get the link there. So that is our lotto segment for this week, Davey. So, Davey, moving on, before we go to Instagram Interactive, we have some club results and fixtures maybe to run through from the cup competitions. We do indeed, Mickey. So I think it was the fourth round of games in the cup competitions last week. And we'll start in the Fesh Cup in Group A. And the first game is the one that stands out absolutely. Summerhill, 2-13. Gail Conkill, 4 points and massive win for Summerhill a 15 point drubbing of the Keegan Cup runners up last year at Gail Column Kill who were stunned by their hosts on Wednesday night an amazing result there um, someone someone told me that they were holding all the players back for the Premier Championship on the weekend like, okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start a rumour but I just that's something that I heard and they just wanted to feck up my um, predictions from last week. Both of us went for a Gail Column Kill win, just to let you know. Yeah, I think that would affect up 95% of the people now last week, to be fair. But next game up was Manalvi 1-7, Dunhamer Ashburn 1-14. So a seven-point win for the visitors, Dunhamer Ashburn in Manalvi on Wednesday night. Curaha, as we feared, uh, got another tight hammering on Wednesday night when they played host to St. Peter's Dunboyne. It finished Curaha 1-5. St. Peter's Dunboyne 4-18 so a huge win there for the Dunboyne men who continue mm-hmm. on their merry way and the last game in Group A was between Dunshocklin and Navan O'Mahony's and it finished Dunshocklin 1-12 Navan O'Mahony's 3-8 so uh, a two point win there for Navan O'Mahony's in Dunshocklin on Wednesday evening Yeah one of our discrepancies I went for Dunshocklin win you went for Navan O'Mahony's you got that one right um, uh, the other one that I got wrong was Minalvi, and obviously both of us got the Summerhill Gale Column Kill one wrong. So you had three out of four, and I had one out of four in that group. 
Sinead. So moving on to Group B and Balnebraki, the intermediate champions faced the senior champions in Retolt and uh, an incredibly tight game in uh, Boyne Park last Wednesday night where the host Balnebraki just about fell short. A valiant effort from them. 1-9 to Retolt's 13 points. It was a Retolt side that included Connor McGill amongst others and indeed the McGowns who uh, were subsequently dropped from the Mead Hurling panel in the week. So it was a really strong retort side that went up to Balnebracki, but they got their fill of it and just about came out with their lives intact. One point win for the champions. Yeah, Balnebracki leading by three points as well midway through the second half and and, and we're looking good for it. But a strong finish in fairness to Retholt. They were going uh, toe-to-toe then when when they got back level and got that victory. I'd gone for the Balnebracki win. You had gone for the Retholt win because you thought the two McGowns were going to be back. I didn't think they would. I didn't know McGill was going to be playing. Um, so there is an asterisk. So any money, that ex- one. how many more excuses? Oh, hang on. Did, Gil, did Gilly play for having a Matneys? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, because I had, I had two asterisks beside those two. No, no, he didn't. He actually didn't. Sense was down 2 8. Mickey Brennan, Simons down Gales 119. So the, the Sky Blues, the Northside Blues, uh, continuing on their winning ways. And they are four from four and sit pretty on the top of Group B. Next game up was St. Column Kills 117. Screen 15 points in an entertaining game out in Pilltown on Wednesday evening. And the final game. Uh, was Nafina nine points, Wolf Tones four nine. So, uh, goals winning the games there for uh, the Tones, and uh, yeah, that's Group B. Yeah, um, we uh, just looking down at them, you had seven out of eight, right? You had all in, in Group B, right? And uh, so that gave you seven out of eight. I had three out of eight in the Fesh Cup, so uh, disappointing. Just looking at the tables, Dumboyne are the only team left in Group B, or sorry, in Group A with uh, full points, uh, four wins from four. And in Group B of the Fesh Cup, if I'm not mistaken, there's only one team on maximum points, and that is Simonston Gales. Wolf Tones have three wins from four in there. Uh, and interestingly, looking down, Retholt, three points um, from their four games, um, which is uh, astounding. But obviously, as you said, they are waiting on players to come back. We will move on now to the Cornabonia. Yeah, so first game up in Group A, the Cornabonia last Wednesday night was Sidden 2-9, Beliver 20 points. Uh, St. Michael's 1-11, Ballinlock 12 points in the North Mead Derby. And in the other close uh, North Mead Derby, it was a resounding win for Mead Hill who recorded an emphatic victory over Nobber on a scoreline of 323 to Nobbers 1-9, so Mead Hill are flying. Yeah, absolutely flying, as you said, and uh, both of us um, with uh, two of those results, right? We both went for Sidden over Beliver, but Beliver uh, sent us packing with our tails between our legs, and Mead Hill sitting pretty at the top with eight points, as is St. Michael's, or as are St. Michael's, and just score difference have some uh, Mead Hill ahead of them at the moment in Group A. So then into Group B, Mickey, uh, first game was another uh, landslide victory for Dulik Bellustown. They beat Clannagale on a scoreline of 3-13 to Clannagale's 10 points. Clannagale really struggling uh, at the foot of Group B in the Cornabonia. Waterstown played out a draw with Rakenny. It was 1-10 to Rakenny's 13 points. I have a feeling we'll come back to that in a minute. And the final game in Group B was St. Pat's. 
2.14, Blackhall Gales, 13 points. Yeah, and uh, both of us getting uh, that one right with the St. Pat's game. Um, Waterstown, Rakenny, <laughs> I said it last week, this is a hard one to call. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a draw. I went for Kenny. you went for Waterstown, and uh, we were both wrong because it ended up in a draw. Um, but St. Pat's absolutely flying. Uh, four from four with Delete Bellustown, three from their four uh, games. Blackhall Gales, loitering in third place with four points from a possible eight. Yeah, that's Group B done and dusted. So then moving on to Group C and Trim, another team absolutely in scintillating form at the moment. And they beat their biggest rivals, Dundry, on Wednesday evening, 214 to 11 points, so a nine-point win for the Trim men. Moila uh, continuing on their merry ways. What a what a couple of weeks it has been for Skinner Rennix and Barney O'Rourke there and Moila. They're doing a hell of a job. 213 to Kilmainham's nine points. There is an asterisk about this one. I didn't know it going into the game, but I believe Kilmainham had something like seven men sent off the week before after the final whistle. There was Bedlam against Bective. And uh, Rusty, I think, went up to Martin Dawson before the start of the Moila game. And he says, what's the story with these suspensions? Martin had a clue about them, but he says if they got straight reds, they're, they're suspended, basically. So it was a really depleted Kilmainham side. But in fairness, Moila, uh, you know, doing a great and professional job on them. Ten-point victors there, and uh, they're up to fourth now in that group. Bective were beaten at home by Drumbarra. I did think Drumbarra had a bit of a sting in them, and they did eventually get their first win of the year. Um, when they went to Beckham and defeated them by 215 to 211. And the final game was Oldcastle, who are going well. Uh, they beat Longwood 212 to 110. Yeah, Mystic Meg over there in Cortown picked Drabara over Beckham. We both went for Moila over Kilmainham. I think we both had inside information about the red cards the week beforehand. Uh, I'm joking, by the way. Um, but we both picked up uh, 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 victories. Uh, from, or points there for, for Myla. So out of the uh, Cornabonia, you have 8 out of 10 and I have 7 out of 10. So I'm still trailing you by 5 going in to the Talton Cup. So starting at Group A in the Talton Cup, Mickey, it was Kilbride 7 points, a really impressive Dunsany side, 214. So uh, you know, a, a big, big win for Dunsany there. 13 point winners in Kilbride on Wednesday night. Minolte, mm-hmm. Um, fell victim to the Bridget's juggernaut. They were beaten at home by 113 to 214. The Banla Cree men uh, picking up form at the moment. They're going really, really well in Group A. St. Ultons and Karen Ross played out a draw. It was Ultons 12 points, Karen Ross won nine. And the final game was uh, Clash of the Titans. Castletown beaten yet again on a scoreline of 11 points, St. Vincent's 2 9. So a big win for the Vincent's there, four point winners. Yeah, and I thought you would have known a little bit more about junior football. Um, both of us with one out of those four results. We got Dunsany right. You went for Minolte over St. Bridget's. I went for a draw. Instead of having the balls to just say, I'm going to go St. Bridget's. Uh, we both went for Karen Ross over St. Dalton's. They played out a draw. And obviously, we both went for Castleton. We did say that this could be a really, really tight game and whatever, but that Castleton would probably just have enough to get over them. But St. Vincent's, what a victory that is for them. And they joined Dunsany on maximum points at the top of the table. And that leaves Castleton and Karner Ross and St. Bridget's all on four points. And who would have thought that? Who would, who would have thunk it, Davy Risman? Who would have thunk it in, in that, that a Group A would, would be sitting like that um, after, after four games? Yeah, I think the three big ones at the, at the top. But in fairness, Bridget's have performed 
marvelously well in, in all of the games, not just the games they picked up results in. Um, they still have tough games to come, but they, they'll go into them with confidence now after that win. They will indeed. And Davy, um, you seem like you are delaying this Group B of the Tawdry Cup. It's, we normally start uh, with Group B of the Tawdry Cup and work our way up to the first cup, but you didn't even give me an option this week. We started with the first cup and we're going right down to the Tawdry Group B and uh, Davy has been trying to avoid it, but we're going to start it off now. Davy, Tawdry Cup Group B. Yeah, first up was from Condrath and Slain, uh, the two teams that love to hate each other and it finished from Condrat 113 Slane 216 Slane have, Slane have been going well in fairness since the defeat to us in the first round they've won their last three games and, and they've got a few bodies back in that as well so good win for them on Wednesday night uh, yeah the elephant in the room uh, St Mary's <laughs> St Mary's 514 Cortown 111 um, in Denor on Wednesday evening uh, Clonard much improved Clonard you'd have to say 13 points, Kilmainham Wood won 13. Kilmainham Wood did have a man, I think, sent off, uh, I think, early in the second half or maybe late in the first half. So that's probably what made it such a close contest. And the final game was St Paul's four points, uh, Boards Mill, the rampant Boards Mill, 4-22. Yeah, the rampant Boards Mill, as you say, sitting at the top of the table, joined by Kilmainham Wood on maximum points. Um, Slain... Then in third, St. Mary's in fourth, and Cotton down there in fifth, but on the same points as St. Mary's. Um, yeah, we both got the Cotton result badly wrong there, Davey Rispin. Um, really badly wrong. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> like 15 points wrong. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought that one as well? Yeah, so that is um, the three cup competitions. What that means is, Davey, you have ended up with a score of 19 out of 26 results. I ended up with 14 out of 26, 26 results. And I'm still above uh, um, 50%, so I'm happy with that. You're at about, ooh, about 76% with yours. So you're not doing too badly. A little bit more study and you might get up into a, a high B or an something a. like that. An A, yeah. Oh, no, you're still, you're, you still have a lot to go to get to an A. So yeah, you're, you're, you're in a high C at the moment. You need to get to a B. Um, okay, Davy, we're going to kick off now with the fixtures for uh, round five, the upcoming fixtures this week. Um, and we'll start with the Talton Cup Group B. So, Clannard against St. Mary's, Davy Rispin, and going with a St. Mary's victory after the way they um, brushed you aside last week. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I was impressed with them as bad as we were. I thought I, I was, you know, young, athletic, um, good sides. Now, I know they were both beaten in the Premier Championship at the weekend in Division 3 by decent sides in Dunsany and Benalvi, respectively. But that could be a decent game. But I, th- I think you're right. I think Mary should have enough to win that, yeah. Yeah, Slain against St. Paul's. I'm going to go with a Slain victory here. Yeah, Slain, easy. Yeah. Um, Kilmainham Wood against Boards Mill. Clash at the top of the table. Um, I, like, this is not going to be an easy one to call. Boards or uh, Kilmainham Wood are, you know, they're, they seem to be getting more energy from each win that they get. And Boards Mill, again, you know, we, we saw what we saw them last year, how they impressed us so much. I'm going to go with a Boards Mill win, but I wouldn't be surprised if this one is a tight game. I'm going to go Boards Mill as well. I, I actually think, yeah, it, it is. It's a massive game because obviously only the winner of Group B goes into the knockout stages of the Cup. 
So this game is huge in, in the grand scheme of things. If whoever wins it now is in a really strong position, I suppose, with only a few rounds left to play. I think it'll be Boris Mill as well. I, I just think they're they're a bit relentless at the moment. I think Kilmain and Wood have been going okay. They haven't exactly been setting the world alight. They've been winning all their games. But I think they'll give Boards Mill a test, but I don't think they'll win it. No, so Boards Mill yeah. is up. Yeah, Boards Mill with a score difference of plus 94 um, at the minute. <laughs> Uh, Kilmain and Mud with a score difference of plus forty. So, yeah, if the score if the scoring still continues for uh, for Boards Mill, it should be a win. The next one is Courtown against Drumcondra. Davy, like you're going to go for 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 Courtown. I'm going to go for Courtown too. Jesus, just couldn't let me down again. <laughs> <laughs> the way the world on us at the moment. Yeah, no, because I yeah. Uh, Hopefully that, that result last week will be a bit of a kick up the arse. But we're under no illusions. It's never easy against Drumcondra, and we have a. Lovely yes. relationship with them as well. So, um, yeah, they had a, they actually had a win in the Premier Championship over the weekend as well over Dunham or Ashburn. So, be a tough test for us, yeah. Yeah, and you, you've got history. There's history. Um, moving on now to Group A and St. Dalton's against Minalty. And this is a bottom-of-the-table clash. Yeah, uh, the Ultons, I think, are going okay. They seem to be missing a few lads through injury. Minalty are really struggling, to be honest, with Jamaica. I tipped them last week, so... For that reason alone, I'm going to go with Ultons this week. It is a bottom, it is a basement battle, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think Ultons at home advantage, maybe. I'm going to go for Minalty. Oh, I'm going to go for Minalty. I think uh, maybe that they're underperforming. Well, they are underperforming really uh, badly at the moment. Um, Ultons were probably unlucky a couple of games and whatever. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm going to go for a Minalty win. Um, Dunsany against Castleton. Now, how do you call this, Davy? How in God's name do you call this game? I, I like Dunsany at the minute. I'm I coming around to the idea that this could potentially finally be their year. And the the not just the results, but the nature of their performances. They went out in the Premier Championship, beat St. Mary's on Sunday. They would have had a good core of players who'd be in and around the first team, obviously. But still impressive. Absolutely dismantled Kilbride last week. Um, Castletown, you know, only four points from the four games. Two wins, two defeats. They've been unlucky in a couple of games, but I think Dunsany, this is the game Dunsany will really want to lay down a marker and I think it's a great opportunity for them to do that. So you're going with Dunsany. I'm actually going to go with uh, Castletown because this is a game they can't lose. Um, if they lose this, this that, 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 that is going to really send shockwaves through them. Um, I'm going to go for a Castletown win, just whose, needs is, whose need is greater um, on this one. And... If it turns out to be a game of cricket, Dunsany have the upper hand. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody doesn't understand that that uh, little reference, you need to listen to our 10 best since 2010 from last year on a Patreon service where we um we, we, we did we picked 10 best since 2010 for Dunsany. And we went through the history of the club. Absolutely fascinating stuff. But uh, yeah, if it turns into a cricket match, Dunsany have the upper hand. Um, Carneros and St. Vincent's, Davy Rispin again, you know, St. Vincent's top of the table, playing one of the teams joint uh, second on four points. Again, a huge game. Like, if Dunsany can get the win or St. Vincent's can get the win here, it puts them in pole position, as in against Castleton and Karner Ross. Yeah, I, I, I'm i fully behind the, the Vincent's here. I think this will yeah. be uh, a pretty comprehensive win, if you will, Mickey. There's not all is in well in Karner Ross. There was a bit of unrest over the weekend with different things. Frank O'Reilly's injured. He's out for about another month, I'm going to say. Um, 
yeah, the, the, I don't know what's going on out there, but I think St. Vincent's are, are a different animal at the minute and they'll go, they're going to crack on. You sound like a man who knows more than you're letting on about what's going on in Karen Ross, but I'm going to go for a St. Vincent's win here as well. And the final one now, this is an interesting one. St. Bridget's or Kilbride? St. Bridget's are ahead at the moment by a single point with two wins from their four games. Kilbride would have drawn a win. Um, so... I, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm nailing it to the fence here straight away. I'm saying St. Bridget's. The last two weeks, I hadn't the balls to go for St. Bridget's, but I'm saying it. St. Bridget's. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I think I think Kilbride get them. I, do you know what? They're going ever so well, and I hope to prove me wrong again and win. And, and even if it means you getting a result in this, I'm going to go for Kilbride, but I, I'd love it if St. Vincent, or St. Bridget's won. Yeah, I've got a great call for St. Bridget's and I always stop at the pitch, as I said. <laughs> Say <things>. a prayer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I'll be stopping there this week and saying a prayer for them that they win uh, against Kilbride. And they're at home as well on, on, on Wednesday night. Okay, moving on now to the Cornabonia and Group C. Bechtiv versus Moila. Who wins this one, Dave Rispin? Bechtiv versus Moila. Wow. Uh, Ted Dowd coming up against his former side in Moila, who he managed for the last two or three years to this cracking job with them. Um, I don't think they're like they're going okay back to they're very inconsistent that's the way they've been I think they need to get rid of the Jekyll and Hyde um, nature and, and that's something that Ted will obviously be actively working on I think back to with, with home advantage will get the win but by Jesus it won't be easy and Myla will put it up to them yeah I'm going to go for Myla um, because Spectre are letting me down a bagful um, <laughs> So they are every time. Yeah, hopefully they let you down again. Oh, Jesus Christ, they'll break <laughs> me hard this week. Is right. Yeah, well, um, well, I've gone for Milo. Look, we're going to have loads of discrepancies, it looks like, this week. And the next game, Dundery against Oldcastle. And this is joint second uh, coming up against each other. Um, the only game Dundery have lost so far was to Trim. And I think Oldcastle are the same, are they? Yeah, yeah. Oldcastle just lost to Trim as well. So both of them, you couldn't have said they were going... Like I'm even looking at the score difference here. 68-4, 58-4 for Dundry. 54 conceded, 53 conceded. So there's very little in it between them. Um, I'm going to say Oldcastle. I do like the way they're going. I think I think Dundry are still missing a couple of bodies. Um, did get you know a nine-point hammering by Trim last week, whereas Oldcastle were only beaten by two points by Trim a few weeks ago. So if you're going on that assumption, I think you have to tip Oldcastle. But yeah, high-quality encounter insured. Yeah, same as... And- I'm going to go with Oldcastle, but again, that's a flick of a coin. Again, no reason why that one couldn't be a draw, um, but I'm, I'm not sitting on the fence, no way. Next game is Drumbara Emmets against Longwood. Uh, so who gets the victory here, Drumbara or or Longwood? I'm going to go with a Drumbara win who'll be you know, on a high after their vi- first victory last week. Yeah, I think Drumbara too. I think it's a good opportunity for them to back up that win now. Um as I said, the performances have been decent for the last number of weeks. Now they've picked up a result. Longwood are struggling. I know they gave a decent account of themselves against Oldcastle uh, last week, but again, they're still missing, you know, five or six lads, which which is very tough for them. So yeah, Drumara again. Next game up sees Kilmainham taking on Trim. This is a home game for Kilmainham, but I don't care if they've had that many fellas sent off and going with Trim. And I probably would have went with Trim if they had a full side. The good news for Kilmainham is they should all be back. The bad news is Trim are absolutely on fire at the minute and they're going to win another one here. Yeah, Davey's going for Trim as well. Uh, next game is in Group B of the Cornabonia. It's St. Pat's against Waterstown. It is the table toppers against second from bottom. St. Pat's are just on the crest of a wave here at the minute, Davey, and I'm going to go with another St. Pat's victory. 
Yeah, so am I. Um, I think Waterstown are a little bit unlucky. I don't think yeah. three points does them justice. I think their performances on the main have been quite good. But uh, you're right, Pats. Pats are a different animal this year already. You can tell what the, the difference the two lads have made, which is great. Um, and they have a great opportunity of making a five from five, which I think they will. Yeah, right. Kenny against Dulik Bellustown. Dulik Bellustown have to be really looking at getting the victory here. I think the only one that they've lost was against St. Pats. Yeah, is right. And they were narrowly beaten against St. Pats. Um, they've been good. Rakenny, again, inconsistent, missing lads. Keith Curtis did play last week for them, um, which made a huge difference. I would imagine he'd probably play again, um, which will give them a chance. But I think Dulik will have too much, to be honest. Yeah, and then the final uh, game in Group B sees Clonmagale taking on Blackhall Gales. I think Blackhall Gales probably have too much firepower for a misfire in um, Clonmagale at the moment. Ditto. Yeah, Davy Rispin is going with, uh, and again, making no friends over there in the Atboy area um, uh, at all with, with, with that prediction. Davy, we're going to move on now to Group A of the Cornelabonia, and uh, the first one we have is Mead Hill against St. Michael's. It is a top-of-the-table clash. Uh, it's gonna, this is going to be a cracker, Mickey. Um, both of them going ever so well. We played... Mead Hill in the Premier Championship on Saturday. I had a good chat with Martin McGovern after. He's delighted with the way they're going. Our, our, the Michael selector, Jamie, was on the in the bench for us. He was togged out. He actually went and had a look at Mead Hill last week um, instead of going to his own game, uh, which was interesting. So they're keeping an eye on the competition there. But do you know what? I, I'm going to have to say Mead Hill. I, I, I would love to say oh. the Michaels with the connection we have with the club and everything like that but I'm very impressed by even their premier team at the weekend the way they were going they had a number of the first team lads involved and stuff but uh, yeah Mead Hill for me I think it'll be a high quality classic encounter I'd love to be at it but I'm going to say Mead Hill yeah I've gone for Mead Hill as well I thought you'd be going for St Michael's I thought that's you know I really did I thought you'd be going for St Michael's but both of us going for a Mead Hill win there uh, next uh, game sees Ballinlock taking on Sydney in the North Mead Derby. Um, this, Davy Rispin, uh, this is a tight one to call. Um, I'm I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a Sydney victory here. I'm going to go with a Ballinlock win. Uh, now I'd have very little confidence behind it. I'm just thinking they put it up to Michaels last week. They, I know they haven't won a game yet. Their performances have gradually been improving, you know, and it's still early days for Vinnie Ryan and the lads and that too. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ball and Lock with no great confidence behind it. So, you know, you could be onto one there with Sidney. Yeah, look, again, it's it's the same as, like, it, it, it all depends. If, if Ball and Lock turn up, they could easily overturn Sidney here, but I'm going to go with a Sidney victory. And finally, Beliver against Nobber, a misfiring Nobber, and Beliver with that victory, um, uh, last week that stunned both of us. Um, I've actually gone for a knobber victory here. Have David. you? Yeah. Wow. I uh, know. I 100% believer all day. Believer not missing a lot of hurlers at the moment as well. They, they are. Yeah. It's just I'd be really worried about knobber at the moment. I know. I know. Jordy's not around. And Sean Mead's been injured and stuff. But they lost something by something like 20 points to Mead Hill last week, which is a derby. That's that's really. Concern and to be honest with you, um, I think Belay for putting up twenty points is very impressive. And even despite those lads missing, I think they'll, they'll get a win here. Yeah, do you not think that there has to be some sort of a bounce after a, a local derby like that, losing out the way they did? But they lost the previous week to Sydney. <laughs> there was yeah. no bounce, so I don't know. Yeah, but Mead, Mead Hill's a little bit closer, I think, to, to 
But yeah, look, um, yeah, look again. There's probably no rhyme or reason to why I'm picking Nobber here. I just think that there, there has to be a bit of bounce back ability um, after after losing those uh, games. And look, I'm believer missing players maybe with the hurling and stuff. That's that's my thinking on it. But look again, there's no reason why. Uh, you won't be right here, and you probably will. Um, and look, you have got more right than me in the last four rounds, so, you know, um, what do I know? Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Moving on now to the Fesh Cup, and we are going to go to Group B of the Fesh Cup. And the first, vic- uh, first, first victory, the first fixture I have is St. Column Kills against Centralstown. This is an interesting one, Davy Rispin. There's a point between the teams, but uh, I like Centralstown are banging in the goals week in, week out. Even against Simonson the other night in their loss, they still banged in a couple of goals as well. But I'm, I'm going to go for a St. Column Kills win here. Um, just the fact that it's over in Pilltown and the sea air. Um, and the salt, and yeah, no reason. Yeah, just I, I'm gonna do the same. I just, yeah, probably the home advantage. Good win against Screen last week. Um, Central Town again, probably a little bit inconsistent. I know they have four points from their four games, two wins, two defeats. Beat were told the week before, but I know they put up a, an okay score against Simonson, but they were still well beaten in the end. Column Kills put it up to Simonson the week previous. Again, if you're going on that assumption, you kind of have to pick the kills. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to our next one, and it's Rotot against Nafina. I've gone for a Rotot victory here um, with the two McGowan's back. Um, obviously, McGill probably will be back with the Mead team. But yeah. um, I just think that maybe there, there was a little bit of shifting around the players and whatever over the last few weeks and that they'll be a little bit more settled going into this Nafina game. And that yeah. I'm going to have to start making a... Uh, arise at some stage. Yeah, and Nafina are shipping goals. You know, four last week against the Tones, tough away game now to the senior champions as well. Uh, I think it's a good game for a toe to build on last week's win against Balnebracki by uh, making it two wins from two. Yeah, absolutely. So um, next up is Screen versus Wolf Tones, and I've gone for a Wolf Tones victory here. Again, another team that are banging in the goals. Yeah, they're always good for a few goals, Mickey. And uh, in fairness, they're they're riding high there at the, the top of the table, just below Simonstown in second. So, um, great opportunity for them to to continue on their merry way. Both going to go for a Wolf Tones victory, and then finally the last game in uh, Group B of the Fresh Cup is Simonstown against Ballinabracky. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised automower dealer, on 046 
955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. I'm going for Simonstown and I'd love to be at this game. Yeah, uh, this is great. Like, this is the kind of the romance of the whole thing about it. And to be fair to Ballinabracket, they seem to have got nearly everybody back, which is great for them. Uh, they are missing a couple of the minors and 20s, obviously, which they will be for the next few weeks anyway. But uh, another great opportunity to pit themselves against one of the best in the county, which they'll give a decent account of themselves. But I think you're right. I think Simon Sound are, are going really, really well. And they should, barring complacency and something like what happened to Corton last week comes into it, they, they should be all right. <laughs> comparing yourselves to Simon Stead now that's a, that's a good one um, <laughs> but I, uh, look we'll probably extend this podcast um, as long as possible for the for the lads from Ballinabracky because they'll probably have to listen to it eight times yeah. on their way from Ballinabracky to and Simon to, yeah and the other way and home as well and home as well yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have to get the victory they definitely will listen to it um, moving on now to Group A Curraha versus Mainalvi Davy Rispin and you know, uh, it looks ominous for um, Curaha. I'm going to go for a, a Minaldi victory here. Yeah, they didn't even feel in the Premier Championship at the weekend, Mickey. Like, that's only their second team in Curaha, which is really concerning. Um, Minaldi have gone off the boil a little bit, back-to-back mm-hmm. defeats, you know, probably to be expected. I think this will actually be quite close. I think Curaha will probably see this as an opportunity, but I think you're right. I think Minaldi should have too much. Yeah, so both of us going for an Albi win. Gail Cullen kill against Dunshotland. Um <laughs> I, 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 I would honestly say that that loss to Summerhill last week for Gail Cullen kill is the biggest shock I've seen in results for Gail Cullen kill in the last 10 years. Yeah, uh, everything seemed to go wrong for them there. Actually, two men sent off. Shawnee Curran was showing the line for, I think, two yellows. And Oshin Riley, as far as I know, got a straight red um, for, for a strike. So they're going to be without the services of Oshin. It'll be a massive loss for them. Then Shocklin, I, I've been talking to Ben Duggan. You know, he said, like, the performances have been decent. They've been really unlucky in a lot of the games. Still missing a good few guys as well, like county commitments and that. I'm going to go for Kells. I think they have that ability to bounce back. And they'll have to. That was a really huge shock. It wasn't like if it was the defeat, it would have been a shock. But the margin of the victory for Summerhill was the, what really stood out head and shoulders above anything else. But I think they're still in a decent position and they'll know that they have to bounce back here against a side that haven't picked up a point yet. Yeah, both of us going for Gail Cullen Kill. The next one sees to St. Peter's Dumboyne taking on Navin O'Matney's. Um, I just think that Dumboyne are well ahead of Navin O'Matney's at the moment and numbers-wise and everything and strength-wise and... Um, panel wise, so I can't see anything but a, an easy St. Peter's Dunboyne victory here. And, and again, no slight against Napa Matties. No, likewise, I think Dunboyne are going incredibly well, and uh, O'Matneys are, are doing as much as they possibly can do with what they have. Really good battling and gutsy display against them. Chocolate last week to dig out the win, but Dunboyne are a different animal, as you know, Mickey. And I think they'll they'll go from five from five. Okay, and finally, the last game that we have in the Fesh Cup is Dunmore Ashburn against Summerhill. And this one, you, you just don't know what team's going to turn up for Dunmore. Um, or Summerhill. And, <laughs> or Summerhill. Like, like, in fairness to Summerhill, they're three wins from four, but they've stuttered a little bit and, and, yeah. and, and you know, and, and whatever. And then they produced that uh, victory against Gail Colin Kill. Dunmore Ashburn had a huge win as well um, um, last weekend. So, um, over Manalvi. So, 
I just I find this one to be probably the most difficult to pick. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing? <laughs> no, I, I, I've I've picked the last couple first, so I'm going to let you pick because we we actually are the exact same in all the Fish Cup games. So we are. So um, who's at home? Donovan Ashburn. Um, I've already written mine down, by the way. So, um, but I'm going to wait for you to call. Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm going to say I'm go- I'm still going to say Summerhill. Yeah, same as I've already got Summerhill written down. So that's you down as a Summerhill victory as well. And um, yeah, that's so all of our all of our Fish Cup games. There's going to be we're either going to be well, we're going to have the exact same score. Um, uh, from it. could we get eight from eight? I doubt it. Because there's some, Very much doubt. Yeah, there's going to be there's definitely going to be a few in there that are uh, are going to be turned upside down. Um, but look, that is all of the fixtures for Wednesday evening, and it is all of our predictions done for the Fish Cup, Cornabonia, and the Talton Cup. And uh, I've got uh, the, the, big, the biggest surprise for me this week is that I've gone for Court for, for Cor Town again, um, and they better not let me down now when it comes to. Um, from Condrick on the weekend or on, on Wednesday evening but I'll be watching Twitter with funnily enough David Rissman I was on Twitter on Wednesday evening trying to get all the results from uh, the Cornabonia and of course I couldn't find anything from from uh, Corton oh the Marys had it up so oh, I, 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 I right. so you didn't don't... want overkill to be honest <laughs> he's got enough of a killing on Wednesday like <laughs> Jamie, we're going to move on now to Instagram Interactive and I'd say it has been quite busy um, uh, this evening due to the fact that Mead overcame Longford with such ease um, in the Leinster quarterfinal and of course with the draw that was made Mead versus Dublin in the Leinster semi-final Yeah, absolutely so there's obviously the news of that has been just breaking but we will start with Jack Walsh, who was the first in. And of all the things you could have talked about, hurling football, no, absolutely not. Rovers beating Dundalk Friday night. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, Rovers beating Dundalk. It was probably to be uh, expected, though. Dundalk are in transition. Um, after losing a couple of their stalwart players as well in recent months. And um, yeah, look, uh, Jamrock Rovers, they're, you know, they're, they're the new Dundalk, are they not? Yeah, um, they are indeed. Hubie Corcoran next in, and he said, GA go cameraman was fairly handy. Uh, didn't get to see that. Now, was, I presume that was for the Longford game. Yeah. Yeah, my, we my, yeah, my dad was watching it here, and I actually asked him what the coverage was like, and he says, no, it was very good. So, very um, good. We'll, we'll trust, take his word for it. Uh, next one up is from Brian Burrow, and he said, James McAtee, if fit, has to start. Class act. Yeah, look, again, we have to take it on its merits. And I don't, I'm not taking away from James McAtee in any way. He scored four booming points. Absolutely amazing. All from, I'd say, nearly the same blade of grass as well. Like he kicked them all from the same area. Um, I'd say it was a six meter radius, and, 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 and they were all kicked from that area. And um, Eamon Wallace's was kicked from the same area as well. They were all fabulous, fabulous points. Um, Kildare, or sorry, Longford were a dead duck at that stage. So I I don't know, like he is class, he's quality. And if he's flying fit, yeah, absolutely. He deserves to be um, uh, in, in, the, in the discussion for a starting place. Uh, next one up is from Joan McWeeny. And he says, no wonder Bernard Flynn left. Call Hickey at under 20s would be a cheat code. 
<laughs> yeah, look, Kaliki, uh, you know, we were so impressed by him. And every time he got the ball today, you, I was sitting beside you, Davey, and you were probably like, you, you heard me. I was like, go on, Cal, go on, Hickey, go on, go Hickey, on, go on, Hickster, go on. Because he was just, he just, he's such an exciting player. And when he gets the ball, you know something exciting is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. The next one in is from Brian Flynn, and he wants to know who we thought was man of the match. Now, as you know, with Instagram polls, I can only pick two, right? So based on sort of what we've seen and what we've spoken about, I picked Lavin and Hickey as the two standout performers of the whole lot. So I've done an Instagram poll and it's been live for a while, but I can give you the latest result and it's a resounding win for Cahill Hickey. 79% of the vote for him, 21% Seamus Lavin, breaking down to 150 vote, 155 votes for Hickey and 41 for Seamus Lavin. Not a slight on Seamus Lavin, but he just came up against a man in incredible form today. In yeah, and, 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 and obviously the Instagram uh, uh, post has only got, got made it as far as the Centerstown area. But look, you, like... I suppose picking a man of the match today was very hard because you had players who played well in different positions. Like Seamus Lavin as a defender was probably our best defender. Carl Icke was our best attacking defender. Um, Killeen O'Sullivan, Bryony Mack were, were flawless. And Jordy Morris, while he was quiet, still kicked 1-4. Uh, oh, 1-4, yeah. 1-4, four, yeah. And then, and, then, and then obviously James Magny coming off the bench. But Joey Wallace was so industrious and was involved. It was very hard to pick a man of the match. You'd, you'd have to pick a man, man of the areas nearly. You know that kind mm-hmm. of way. Um, but I, I know, I, like in fairness, I thought it was probably Hickey. I thought he was yeah, he was head and shoulders the best player in the park. He was brilliant. Um, next one is from Jelly. Jelly is two, but the first one is, what time is Davey opening the wrist in this evening? Championship points, question mark. <laughs> well, answer the question. What time are you opening them? Uh, it's open. The wristband is always open. It's an institution we, we don't like to see people stuck. So if Jelly is stuck, and I know the round O, which has been closed, is now back open, I think, from Tuesday, which is great to see. So if Jelly wants a, a, a quick one before he goes back on Tuesday, he's more than welcome out. The wristband, where everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> Jelly is another one. And he said, has Brennan calmed down since the power rankings? Keep wristband, Sheehan out. Yeah, we never. We we. Uh, what the hell is he on about? Own Sheehan, you're the own Sheehan. So yeah. No, no. Um, he, Jelly said Jelly, keep Brisbane Sheehan out. Yeah, yeah we. Uh, I, I like we. I never brought that up. Like uh, for anybody else who wants to hear our rankings podcast, it was the official in Bertha Commas and um, Mead Club um, uh, rankings podcast. We did it on our, our Patreon there last week or whatever. And Davy Brisbane, um, you know some of the clubs. Uh, he has them way down the pecking order purely because they don't get tanned as well as some of the other teams and stuff. <laughs> and their jerseys don't look nice. And one fella pulls up his socks. Another fella was wearing white white uh, boots, so his club gets. Where, pumped where are you getting this from now, Brandon? Absolutely horrendous, incredible. Like Ong would never. Give me some examples of this. These are what I'm saying to you is ours. just like Ong If you don't like a club, you put them further down the rankings. You do. And that's just the way it works, so it is. It's like, oh, gee, it doesn't like me. Yeah, they're going to just put them down there. I don't want to see them up the, up the rankings. That's just bollocks. I want, I want examples. Uh, look, we'll get examples. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. Listen to the podcast and you'll hear the examples. Peter Duffy, Carl Hickey and James McAdee are class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they are. And uh, I think that's the first 
true sentence that I've seen Peter Duffy uh, writing in yeah. some time. Tom O'Connor has followed that up by saying, Carl Hickey with one, two to be replaced by James Mack, who gets four points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did mention that our bench um, uh, really had a great, um, uh, great effect coming off the bench today. Um, what was it? One, 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 five, one, mm. six for the bench. One, five, yeah. Joe McQueenie in again, and this is before the draw was known, but he says, give us the dubs in Navin. Half of that we definitely know is going to be 100% true, and the other half is still uh, a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Mystic, mystic Joe. Um, PS Tapes, working his way towards the top. He's just not quite there yet, though, so... Mm. You know, no, is that going to like that? He actually texted me last week, and he was like, I love it. He says, I have to kind of... Earn, earn the lads' trust again and sort of <laughs> earn my way to be the last one every week. But he goes, how many me, how many goals were scored? Me, GA say three, all other media saying four, and I can categorically confirm that it was indeed four. It was indeed. It was Shane McEntee with the first one. It was Jordy Morris with the second one. It was James Conlon with the last one. Yes. And the third one was scored Colin. by Colic. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my, 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 my Wi-Fi slowed down there. <laughs> uh, Robert Perfield next in, and he said, Seamus Lavin and the flying wing backs. Killian O'Sullivan takes some hits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Killian O'Sullivan just throwing his body on the line the whole time, playing a uh, captain's or vice-captain's role. Um, yeah, like Seamus Lavin and Donald Jogan at, at Two cornerbacks that just gave nothing away. Um, and they were just sick today. And then, of course, the two marauding halfbacks. Yeah, just it was a, it was a lovely performance. Like. Owen Mundoon said, disappointed to not see Scully. Uh, what more does this lad need to do? I think he was injured, well, though, to be fair. The reason, what more does he need to do? He needs to just get himself back fit. <laughs> He's carrying a bit of an injury. Look, he is class and he would have been on the field today. I'm sure that it was just protection. I'd say they were just yeah. giving him that extra little bit. There was no need to risk whatever his injury is, like you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carl Gibney, he said Andy Colgan's improvement in the last two years kickouts flawless. Yeah, well, once say flawless. He, he, Andy Colgan has improved so much, and I'm really, mm. really impressed with him. After the second water break, there was a period of maybe about seven or eight minutes where Longford got on top that it didn't make it count on the scoreboard where we, we kind of missed a few kickouts. There was a few misplaced kickouts and whatever. But like in the whole, like Andy Colgan has been so, uh, so well improved in the last two years and he's been brilliant so far this year, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Burke and the Honey Badgers next in and he said, we did our job, but Longford in brackets similar to Wicklow last year were septic. Yeah, like, look, as I said to you, Davey, you know, I spoke to John Duffy, the Longford commentator, at half time, and he said that, like, while they put up 25 points against Carlo, he says Carlo were poor, and Carlo could have punished them more um, had they had they been a little bit um, more accurate in front of goal, because they did turn over the Longford kickout on numerous occasions, but they weren't able to punish them, so... I take Mickey Burke's um, uh, sentiment there that, you know, we can't lose the run of ourselves over a victory over what was a poor Longford side. Longford were in it for 32 minutes and then it was all over 
bar the, the final whistle after that, so it was. Yeah, uh, Niall McMahon is next in and he said, James McIntyre having an absolute savage performance off the bench has to start. Again, you know, we have to take it on its merits. It was He came on when the game was effectively over. He came on in the second half. Scored four amazing points. We can't take that away from him. Was involved, threw, threw himself around, got involved. But he's definitely uh, put his hand up for, you know, for selection on the panel uh, the next day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one is from Brendan Keig. And he said, that's the performance which was lacking against Kildare. You can't compare apples and oranges. Kildare and Longford are completely different. Uh, no, but I think I think there definitely is merit in what he's saying, though. In fairness, the application, efforts, everything about that performance today versus the one in Newbridge, I think, was chalk and cheese. Take the opposition aside. Do you know what I mean? Well, was it chalk and cheese? Because, like again, as I said, like up up until thirty two minutes, it was it was uh, one. One five to six points. We only had one five at that stage. Yeah. Um, but what do, you know do we what, what do we have against Kildare? Like we were the game was over after thirty two minutes against Kildare. Like yeah, and we probably had about five points at that stage. We we were actually we had a little bit more, I think, but five or six points maybe. But they had they had gone seven or eight points ahead at that stage. Um, it was we 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 finished that game off just before half time in a five minutes spell and then we were able to come out and express ourselves in the second half maybe they play with the shackles on a little bit these lads when the game is tight yeah potentially yeah and they just you know that as i said that little power play uh, yeah. was the difference absolutely um next one is from alan moore and he says great to see big mal and carl kinger back in the stands um this was Mal and Carl Gibney, two of the great Mead supporters, father and son, were in the stand at Park Tolton and they were pictured by Hogan stand there um, having a cup of tea and a sandwich prior to kick-off. Great to see um, the two lads from Oldcastle back in there. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and and won't be long, hopefully, before we see an awful lot more of the stalwarts and supporters that uh, back in uh, Park Tolton for some of these games. Uh, Deck F done, next in. And he said, excellent performance all round. James Mack being back is excellent. And for all that great work, the draw, I'm sick, he says. Oh, no. Why? Come on, Deck. Oh, no. Jesus Christ, Deck. No. Um, who are these dubs anyway that everybody's talking about? Look, they're a different animal this year. Look, they only, Wexford, they only got over Wexford by eight points. That's the lowest Leinster victory, I'd say, in, in, in 12 years or whatever. I said that. Oh, yeah. since, since like, it is. It's probably. a long time. It is a long time since they... they oh, no, they, we, we ran them close. Then a couple of years ago, I think it was four points in 2012 or 2013 to beat us by, but that was probably it. Yeah? That's nine, nine years or whatever. So it'd be yeah. interesting to look back at that. Look, again, Deck, like, do, do you want us to win a semi-final and then get beaten in the final by Dublin? Or do you want us to go into the semi-final and give a really good account of ourselves and, you know, put them on the ropes, hopefully? Fitness coaching um, is next in. And they said Fionn Riley must have covered every blade of grass in Park Talton, some going up the gales. Yeah, he was brilliant. And again, uh, he, he he was definitely in both corner forward positions, definitely in both corner back positions and everywhere in between. So I'd, I'd agree. He's he's just got a serious engine. Paul Healy followed the previous one in by saying, Carl Gibney looking like a boss in the crowd with the old boy. <laughs> I think the old boy was the boss in the crowd. So he was... Yeah, for sure. Um, um 
Next one in is from John Kelly, uh, and he said, Mead improved hugely since losing to Longford in 2018. Today's Mead's biggest victory ever versus Longford. Uh, since eight since 18, Longford lost. Mead have beaten Kildare, Westmead, Offaly, Leash, Clare, Tip, Down, and Fermanagh. Yeah, they're the teams that Longford have beaten since since they uh, since we lost them in 2018. So uh, yeah, look if you if you want to compare 2018 to today, it is obviously a massive massive improvement. Yeah, uh, that is it. Let me just do one more quick refresh, Mickey. And yeah, Shane from Instagram. Shane from Instagram. Look, it's been a it's been a good week for me football, Davy Rusman. It has indeed, Mickey. I want to talk to you about one more thing, and I only got this information last night from the great George Blunkett. But um, the Premier Championship obviously was back at the weekend, the second team championship for all the clubs out there. Two little stories, right? One being Joe Sheridan's return for Sanchez Sound on uh, on Friday night against uh, against Gail Column Kill, where he scored 2 1. Uh, typical Joe Sheridan performance on the edge of the square. But a better story again was the St. Bridget's game on. Saturday evening, where a father-son combination on the line and on the pitch was formed, but very unique in the sense that the son was managing the father, right? So Michael Flood, the great Mickey Flood from St. Bridget's, was managing his old fella of 56 years of age who was playing a corner forward for St. Bridget's. Not only did he play the full game, but he also scored a goal and set up numerous other attacks. Um an incredible. I was talking to George on, on Saturday evening in the Blackwater, and he says it was just remarkable. And Floody managing and his dad playing, fifty-six years of age, fit as a flea. Um, incredible story, really. Ah, that's absolutely brilliant, and 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 it just shows shows you how ingrained the floods are in the St Bridget's Club, and and then you know that that is one of the reasons why I absolutely love the St Bridget's Club. I have no dealings with them as such. Um, I think I may have played a junior C uh, match against them or going back about 22, 23 years ago or something like that. But that's my only deals with them. But I just, I just, uh, there's something about that club. Really, really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that's a great story. Michael Flood managing his old boy, I'd say, of 56 years of age. And how do you roar at your dad if he's not working hard enough on the field and he's 56 years of age? I, I don't know. It, it's no, I'm not going to say it. But anyway, <laughs> it, it, unreal, unreal. Yeah, look, it's, it's it's it is. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm great to see the Premier Championships and all the reserve football back on. And uh, to boot with that, we've got all of our cup competitions and all our county teams are out at the moment. We want to wish the Mead Miners the very best of luck next week on Saturday as they take on Derry uh, in Newry on Saturday. The minor hurlers are out this Wednesday evening in Dowdles Hill at 7.30 against Antrim. The Mead hurlers, uh, managed by Nick Weir, are playing Kerry in Park Tolchin next Saturday at 7pm. And then the Mead ladies are out on Saturday next, also at 2pm in Burr against Kingpins of, of uh, ladies football, uh, Cork. And what a way to open their account as uh, the intermediate champions of 2020 in the senior championship for 2021. Davey Rissman, before we finish up, I know you've got something else. I do. I think I have one more thing, which is just coming into me as we speak. I'm trying to get this confirmed as we speak, but I'm hearing that it's potentially a double header in Crow Park on Sunday week where there may be 8,000 spectators let in, hopefully not all. Dubs. Dubs. 
<laughs> well, look, um, if it is to be Crow Park, it is to be Crow Park. That is just it. I would have much preferred for that game to be out of Crow Park um, and probably in Park Dodgers. In fact, I'm but as I say, I don't think that's confirmed, but I think that's that's the that's, word on the street. That's, that's the word on the street. Um, I would have loved, you know, to have it in Navin or, or, or to even have it in Simpson. Do you know what, Feckett, I would have liked to have seen it in Cortown even. Um, <laughs> but at this stage, look, it looks like it is going to be Crow Park for me and Dublin in the Leinster semi-final on uh, the 18th of July. That's it from this episode of the We Are Me podcast. We Are Me, why it matters more.